0: let me say good morning again. Um, We are so glad that you chose to be here at LWC. And if you're listening to us on our podcast, we're also delighted that you took the time to tune in. And if you're sitting in our cafe, we want to welcome you as you enjoy your uh, pumpkin spice latte or your caramel frap or whatever it is that you have. Thank you for being here. I'm continuing the series that I started last week. Uh, It's based on the book, What on Earth Am I Here For? And the book was written by Pastor Rick Warren, who's the the, uh, pastor of a a small church in Orange County called Saddleback Church. I think it runs like 22,000, 25,000. Small church, just like ours. Um, And the series, we need to understand this, the series is going to go hand-in-hand with our small groups. So we invite everyone to become a part of a small group. In fact, 70% of all that we're going to do is going to be done in our small groups. So you're going to come on Sunday morning, which is wonderful. The Sunday morning worship experience is fantastic. Um, And you're going to hear about 35 minutes of preaching, maybe 40 minutes. But then that's when you go into your small groups, it's where you're actually going to discuss things. You're going to grow together. You're going to encourage each other. You're going to build each other up. You're going to pray for each other. All the things that we strongly need. So I strongly encourage that you become a part of a small group. And you might have the mentality, I don't need, I don't need a small group. I don't need a small group. Yes, you do. Jesus gathered small groups. He gathered 12. Amen? Amen. And he spoke to them, he poured into them, and then he had three in the intimate circle he poured into them. So right now, we have about 18 small groups scattered all over uh, the place, and we have about 170 people that are involved in small groups and growing. So if you, uh, if, if you want to become a part of a small group, go through those double doors at the end of the service, go to the counter in the gathering where the small group counter is and, and, and be a part of, of what we're doing and what God is doing. Today we're going to be talking about how important receiving and walking in the love of God is to our lives. In fact, we're called to be loved. We're called to be loved. Love is the basis and the foundation of every worthwhile relationship. And true love cannot be found outside of God. True love cannot be found outside of Jesus. So as we think about that, let's look at the first purpose. It's on your outline. Let me pray a blessing over the the message. Father, thank you for gathering us together. We we've prayed to you, Lord God, but we want to pray your blessing over the message. Pray that you'll guide me and direct me, that everything I say will bring glory to your name, that these words won't be my words, but they'll be your words to bring lasting change. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So the first purpose that, that we need to look at is the, the, the first purpose of my life is to be loved by God Is to be loved by God You see, you'll never find true purpose outside of God's love Never God doesn't have love for us God doesn't have love for us You're freaking out now. What do you mean, pastor? God doesn't show love toward us. God doesn't fall in love with us. God is love. Amen? He's the source of love. His love is unconditional, as well as sacrificial. And it meets our needs perfectly. Because every human outside of Jesus will fail you. People are notorious for saying, I just don't have love for you anymore. You ever heard that? I just, don't, I just don't have love for you anymore. Or people will say something like this, I don't love you anymore because so-and-so is showing me that they love me. I just don't, I don't know if I, 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 I want to break up this rela- relationship because so-and-so, they're showing me that they love me. Or I'm falling in love with someone else. I'm falling in love. People are notorious for I'm falling in love with someone else. And it's not you. You're like, you see, God doesn't operate that way. God doesn't fall in love with you because God is love. So he doesn't fall in love and then fall out of love. God doesn't show you love and then not show you love. God is love. God doesn't have love for you. God is love for you. God will constantly be loving you. He'll constantly be embracing you. He'll constantly be looking at at all the things that you need, and he'll meet you right where you're at because he is love. The Bible says this, even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. It gave Him great pleasure to love me. It gave him great pleasure before he formed the world to look down and say, there's a, I have a plan. And in that plan, there's a man. He's, he's going to be a baby, just like uh, Amelia. And, 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 and as Amelia grows, God's love doesn't stop. God's love continues. He had a plan for me. He, he, before the foundation of the world, he said, I'm going to love this guy, James Reese, and I'm going to continue to love him because I am love. Isn't that a wonderful thing to grab a hold of? Before you dressed up to come to church, before you got a haircut this week and you purdied yourself up, God loved you. When your hair's like the morning hair, what do they call it? Bed hair. You ever had bed hair before? Or you newlyweds? You didn't think your spouse would ever look that way. And then they got morning hair, but then they got morning breath. And not only did you think they could never look that way, but you never thought that they could smell that way. So God loves us. He he loves everything about us. He, He even loves you when you snore. Anyone snoring here, don't raise your hand. And some people are pointing at their spouse, saying, please, pastor, pray hard, There's an earthquake that hits at 12 o'clock midnight. It's like the subway is upstairs. Amen. Shauna said amen. That's why we keep Shauna in the coffee shop. Because of her love feedback. You see, if you haven't received God's love, you're not fulfilling the fundamental purpose of your life. Amen? The people that I love and the people who love me in return are the people that I have a relationship with. And we call each other and we spend time together. Why why is that? Because of love. It's not a burden to make time for each other. It's a pleasure to to make time for each other. They make time for me, and I make time for them. So then that takes us to our first calling. My first calling is I'm called to enjoy a relationship with God. Notice I said enjoy a relationship with God. It's not a burden. It's a joy. It's not based on what I do. It's based on what he did. He initiated it. He doesn't ignore my calls when it comes up on his caller ID. See, some people, when I call you, you say, Oh, no, it's Pastor James. I better not answer. God doesn't ignore our calls. And what do you mean, Pastor? Caller ID? Do you think man created caller ID? God. Color ID is, is God's idea. God knows my voice. He knows your name. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He even knows how many hairs have fallen off your head in the last 20 years. When I scream and when I become angry, God hears my voice. He, 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 he's inclined and he listens. That's James Reese's voice, the son of John Reese, who was the son of Pete Reese, the plumber. And he hears the voice, and God intimately loves us. He wants to have a relationship with us. Right now, we were worshiping, and I heard this little baby. And that little baby went, Campa! Campa! And I said, that's Stephen. That's Stephen. And I know his voice. Nobody else might not know his voice except for Cassie and Ralph and and Sean God knows your voice the caller ID when he when he sees and hears your voice he says that is Irma Dietz I know her and I know she needs prayer because of Alex He knows our insecurities. He knows our flaws. He knows our failures. And he still desires for us to grow in a relationship with him. Paul wrote to the church in Rome and he said, Dear friends in Rome, God loves you dearly. And he called you to, his very, to be his very own people. God, listen to that. God loves us dearly. And he wants us to be his people. People. What kind of people are you? Hey, we're God's people. What's your vario? God's vario. What's the hood? God's hood. Right? What's your neighborhood? God's neighborhood. Homes. Right? <laughs> and God just loves us. He loves us. He loves us. So there's three fundamental truths that we, we, we want to grasp in this campaign. Number one. Number one, we've already talked about about it. The first purpose is to be loved by God. Someone say yes, that's that's right. Number two is my first calling is to enjoy a relationship with God. Someone say yes, yes. I need to enjoy a relationship with God. Number three, grab a hold of this. The relationship that God created for you is to be his son or his daughter. Yes, very good. This is the greatest truth that you'll hear in all of your life. I was created to be in God's family. The creator and the sustainer of life has created you so you could, he could be your daddy, so he could be your papa. Amelia, as she, grows in, in, as she grows up, Andy is going to grow in love for her. He's going to just love on her because, first of all, he produced her with, with, uh, uh, um, with, with Carla, and, and God brought this wonderful DNA. he Isn't God amazing how he can produce out of two, one, a baby? Amen. And so as she grows up, she's going to say, Daddy, or she's going to say, uh, Papa, or however you guys are affectionately going to call. You know, it's amazing. God wants us to be in a relationship with him. The Bible says, what an incredible quality of love the Father has shown us. Notice that. The Father has shown us that we would be permitted to, to be named and called and counted the children of God. And it's, it's an exclamation point in the Amplified Bible that we would be counted to be the children of God. And so we are. And for this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. But the reality is when you know Him, you say, Daddy. You say, Papa. Papa. And you have this relationship with him. I have a very special relationship with Cassie. I have a very special relationship with JJ and Jacob. That's very special. But God wants to have a special relationship with us. Not where we go, oh, oh, God, oh, you're so far over there. No, we're Daddy. He's right here with us. He cares about us. He wants to have a relationship with us. You see, beloved, when you receive Jesus Christ into your life, your bloodline is instantly changed. You get a spiritual DNA and it's registered into the family of God. You've got a birth certificate in heaven and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And when this truth sinks in, Your priorities begin to turn for the best. And your number one priority is to enjoy a relationship with your Father who's in heaven. Your number one purpose, you begin to understand it's not to make something of yourself, but it's to make something for the glory of God. Your number one purpose in life is not to make a lot of money, just to make a lot of money. It's not to become famous and have a lot of fun. Now these are good, but can I tell you that being famous without God is empty. Having a lot of money without having God in your life is meaningless. Being uh, uh, famous and being prestigious without Jesus in your life Will take you nowhere. So the Bible tells us this. It's a prayer. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says, I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts. As you trust in Him, may your roots go. Down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ May you walk in it, may you experience this love, though it is so great that you'll never fully understand it. See, I know something from the Word of God that God's love is so much bigger than me. It's so much greater than me that I will never in this life comprehend it. I'm going to have all of eternity to grow and understand God's love. But the Holy Spirit is continually showing me progressively more and more and more and more how much God loves me despite myself. How much God loves other people despite themselves. And it permeates and it saturates our heart and it changes us for the good. You see, God's love is number one. God's love is wide enough to be everywhere. There is no place on the planet that God's love is not able to reach. God's love is wide enough to reach people in Arizona, but it can also reach people in Antarctica. Amen? God's love is wide enough to reach people in Tucson, but it's also wide enough right now to reach people in Toronto. God's God's love is wide enough to embrace people at the bar down the street, and at the same time embrace people who are having a barbecue behind the backyard. God's love is wide And I find this from two key phrases in the Bible. Here are the two key phrases that that the Lord really impressed on me. The, the, The first one is God sent. And the second one is God gave. You see, God's love is so wide that when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. It refers to the fact that the love of God spans generation and it's not limited to time or eras. And Jesus came at the right time and he came at a time where it expands to generations and generation and goes back. And God's love will always be revealed because it's wide. And the second thing is just as important. God gave. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him, they will not perish, but they'll have eternal life. It's wide enough to encompass the world, the sinner and the saint, the harlot and the hero. And God is real, and God is here. You see, there are the visibles, and then there are the invisibles. There are the things that you see and the things that you don't see. You're in here in this church service and you see a pastor up here preaching. You see it. It's visible. You see a table. You see a, a platform. You saw the music instruments. You see the person in front of you. You see your hands as you touch them. You see your, your whatever. You, those are the visibles. But there are invisibles in here that you don't see. And it does not make them not real. For example, you don't see the sound waves. As I'm talking, you don't see the sound waves that are going that, that give the correct pitch of my voice. They're invisibles, but you feel, you feel the effects of them. Your ears listen to them. Amen? You see, you might not see God, but you'll always feel the effects of his love. Are you with me? You might not see the visibles, but you will feel the invisibles. And that's very important for us to grab a hold of. God's love is also, number two, long, long enough to last forever. Because God's love is different than human love. It's different from the last experience where someone said to you, I don't think I love you anymore. It's different. You see, humans have conflict, right? Anyone ever had conflict? Maybe this morning? Maybe this week? People have breakups because humans' love is flawed, but God's love never wears out. And Rick Warren said something that was pretty astounding. Rick Warren said this. He said, even if you choose to reject God, even if you reject him and you you go to, to hell, God will still love you. You hear me? You know, God doesn't force himself on people. Amen? But even if you choose not to love him, God will still love you because God's love is eternal. And he made you to love you. Boy, doesn't that help you with people? With people that you're talking to? And, and uh, I had a conversation with someone last night, two, two, two young ladies in, about college age. And, and uh, uh, we were able to talk because they're, they're dealing with a, with a situation in their life. They are in a same-sex relationship, and they they called from Phoenix, Arizona, from that area, from the Valley, and we were able to to minister them, to them for about forty-five minutes. Now, how in the world does 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 that happen? You think the devil had them call? No. So God God had them call the, to the house, and and uh, we've got uh, our dear friends Robert and Santa Gondra that are here with us, uh, uh, and family and. Danae and, and so God, through mutual friends, we were able to, to spend some time talking to them. And one of the things that they said to, to me and, and, and Rob as we were talking to these young ladies was, do you think I'm going to go to hell because we are in a, in a uh, same-sex relationship? Do you think we're going to go to hell? I say, well, you're putting the focus on the wrong thing. The most important thing is that God loves you. And if you receive that love, God will change your heart, and he'll change your circumstances. Circumstances. He'll change everything that's going on in your life. Because the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his son. So that we will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Now, the, the, the call was manifested from, uh, from the reality that, that they were having some uh, paranormal uh, activities in their, in their house. So they said, I don't know why, but the dishes are, are jumping out of the dishwasher and breaking. And the lights are flickering and all kinds of crazy things are going on in our house. And so we were able to talk to them about God and how he loves us and how when you receive Jesus, you have authority over the dark side. And the dark side can't conquer you. Now, let me tell you something. There is a reality. Just like there is a God, there's also a devil that wants to destroy people's lives. And just like there's a God who loves us, unconditionally there's a devil that hates us unconditionally and he wants to continually destroy your life and we were able to minister to them not with judgment but with the love of God that ch- changes people's lives and their heart number 3 God's love is deep enough to handle anything there is no pain that is too deep for God he's able to reach down into the deepest hurt and heal with a love that that is tender, and is loving. One of my favorite singers is David Crowder, and and he sings a song, Come As You Are. And in that song, he says, lay down your burden, lay down your shame. All that are broken, lift up your face. And he says, wanderer, come home. You're not too far. Lay down your hurt. Come as you are. Fall in his arms. Come as you are. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Can I tell you that Jesus brought heaven down to the earth and he brought the love of God into the hearts of men and women? And there is nothing that you've experienced that God's love can't heal. There's no abuse or hurt or abandonment that you've experienced that the love of God cannot heal. There's nothing that you are presently experiencing that God's love will not be able to get you through. And there's nothing, and I mean nothing, nothing, nothing that you'll ever experience in the future that God's love will not endure. God's love endures. Number four is God's love is high enough to overlook my sins. One thing that we've got to understand is God is bigger than our sins. His love is high enough that it shadows over our sins. His love does not ignore our sins, but he took care of our sins at the cross of Jesus Christ. And so now when your sins, you think they're just too big, you don't know what I've done, they're, they're, they're way up here. The love of God has set a bar that is way up here, and no sin is higher than that. He covers our sin. He overlooks our sin. And when you grab a hold of that, beloved, for your own self, you'll walk in the peace and the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. And then you'll offer it to other people. Because there's no hatred that God's love cannot smother and turn it into a testimony. There's no one in your life that's coming at you, that's coming at the things of God. There's no one that is persecuting you, that's out to get you, that God's love cannot grab a hold of and change for his glory. And in that process, he's changing us, and he's changing our hearts. I was thinking about this, and I thought about Hitler I thought about people like Charles Manson. I thought about a, a, a guy that I grew up with that killed his sister and uh, did some really, really bad things to her in Chinatown. And I thought about how God's love shows us that it's bigger than their sin. If anyone will turn their life and as Mike said repent and give it to God their life will be changed forever. The Bible says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in here and you have condemnation let me tell you that's not from God. He loves you. Kind of a side note, just to kind of spark you guys up a little bit. Anyone seen the movie Captive? I'm going to plug something. Anyone seen the movie Captive? Raise your hand. If you haven't, go see it. And see about the love of God, how it changes people. Amen? So I'm going to close with these five transformations that will happen if I stay aware of God's love for me. Personalize this for yourself, okay? These are the five transformations that will happen to us if we stay aware of God's love for us. Number one, I will feel accepted rather than ashamed. The Bible says by faith we have been made acceptable to God and now because of our Lord Jesus Christ we live in peace with God. Amen? Amen? Number two, I will be bold in bringing my needs to God. You'll be confident about bringing everything to God. The Bible says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Anyone have a need in here today? Can I tell you, you can be bold to go to the Lord. You can say, Lord God, I'm going to bring this to you because I I know you love me and you want to help me. Number three, I will experience peace that surpasses understanding despite the painful situation in my life. We talked about this last week. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things that God is working for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And there's nothing, no pain, no shame, nothing that we're going through, that God will not turn it in for a testimony of His glory. Number four, I will gain courage to take risks. Can I tell you that God doesn't want you to live in comfort? He wants you to be stretched and be courageous for his glory. He wants you to be moved out of your comfort zone so that you can do things for him. I heard last night as... as uh, three individuals shared with the youth, and I heard two youth leaders speaking. And I could see the courage of God. I could hear. I could hear the courage of God. And I, and I said that correctly because I thought about it when, I, when it came out. I could see the courage of God. How can you see courage? You see confidence. You see the, that the, the Lord is working through them. And I could see them as they were speaking that the courage of God was manifesting. And then as they prayed, and they prayed with the youth, I could hear the courage of God. And they're, go, they're taking steps, and they're moving into a place that they've never been. And God is meeting them because they're taking steps of courage for the glory Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. God wants for you to do the same. And the last thing, I will worship instead of worry. I will give you praise, O Lord. And I will give you glory and not worry about the things in this life. I will trust in you, O Lord, and not trust in my problems. I will sing praises to you, O God, because you're my Father who loves me, and not worry. The Bible says, don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. He says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today is trouble enough for today. So every day as we come before the Lord, every day we come and we say, Lord God, I bring you whatever I'm going through and I'm going to trust you for today and not worry about tomorrow because God, you're the big God of today and you're going to be the big God of tomorrow. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, we're going to worship him and not worry about what this life will bring. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, Daddy, Papa, thank you for revealing your love to me through Jesus Christ. And I agree with your word, the Bible, that says that your love surpasses my human capacity to understand it completely. But today I want to receive your love and I want to grow in it. Holy Spirit, give me a progressive knowledge of the love of Christ and empower me to reveal it to the people that you place in my life. May your love saturate me and and all the decisions that I make. Every day allow me to expand my understanding of the capacity of this love. It's wide enough to reach across the earth and reach every culture and race. Love that is long enough to endure into eternity. And it's love that is deep enough to heal the deepest hurt. And it's high enough to overlook the greatest sin and failure that I've ever done. And fill me with your grace. Thank you, Lord, for loving me this much receive your love and i receive your forgiveness that comes through jesus christ my lord amen and amen this has been a message from living word chapel we hope that you've been blessed by it make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information